What's up, bookies, and welcome to Eclipse Voices, the podcast and book club that brings you amazing literary works from minority writers so you can add their undiscovered jam to your reading list. So what are we waiting for? Let's turn the page. Okay, so I was looking through some of your books. And I was curious, is the paranormal slash fantasy the only genre that you write? Oh, we can't hear you. There you go. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's not the only I write, but it's the only I've published so far. I am planning to start releasing um, content in other genres in 2023. Okay. Because I was looking, I was like, I wonder if that's her speciality. It's definitely my speciality, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to branch out into some other things like mystery and suspense writing. Okay. Sounds quite interesting. Okay. So where did the concept for Rise of the Elite come from? Uh, probably like all the other concepts I get, I just start daydreaming and then it's like, oh, I wonder, it's always, um, a what if question for me. Mm-hmm. Um, like what if there was this other world that was completely filled with supernatural beings, how would that structure look like and how would they control the balance of their world? So that's where it starts. And then I just started daydreaming about it for a little bit and I came up with the, the concept. Um, but I want, I knew that I wanted to do this one different. Um, as in every book in the series is written by a different author. Um, They have what they call shared worlds where, you know, we can come and collaborate and support each other. So I wanted to do this one in the structure of a shared world collaboration. Okay. I noticed that. I do have another question about that later though. Something similar to that. Um, So when Zodiac left the Elitesmen, did Jamila leave as well since she's his second? Um, Jamila wasn't his second in the Elitesman, but she became his second when he left. Um, she was like very close to being his second and she found herself with more loyalty to him than to the actual you know, structure of what they were doing. Um, so when he left, yeah, she was like, all right, well, I'm going with you. Um, it's just that, you know, she, she believed more in what he was doing than what they were doing at the time under their current leadership. Okay. All right. That makes sense. So I know that Elsefair's transition into the elite, it was like drastic. It was Mm -hmm. just like, bam. So for all the other ones, was it the same process? Cause it like took her out. Like she, it was like instantaneous and it seemed like it was like a pretty drastic and painful transition for her. Yeah. Um, so it, it varies, right? Because some of the, some of the people who were chosen were, you know, trained. They knew that this was coming. For Elsefair, she didn't even know that this was a thing that could potentially be her problem, right? right? She was just focused on growing up and getting old enough so she can go explore the world without, you know, being under the thumb of her her caretakers. Um, 
So she was completely caught off guard and she, while they tried to prepare her, um, Zodiac says over and over, like, yo, I thought we had more time, right? We were trying yeah. to get you to a certain point and then we were going to introduce this to you because we thought we had more time. Um, and, and that kind of sets her back a little bit when it comes to being ready for that moment, while others knew that it was a potential thing that could come for them. Um, okay. And I think in some of the other books, their transition is just as drastic because uh, a, a few of the authors went the way of, you know, the character doesn't know um, that this is something that they will have to deal with. Okay. Okay. So when Elsefair felt that she was being watched as her and uh, Allie were on their journey, was she being watched by her mother or was she being watched by Olivia? She's been watched by a lot of people, honestly. Um, her mother had people watching. Um, then she had, Zodiac had people watching. I mean, there is a lot of people who knew that Elsefair was on the move, right? Um, and the that darkness that she felt, like there are times where she was like, okay, something's out there. But she kind of quieted that self, that part of her, thinking it was just, you know, her insecurities about being out on her own. Um, but no one knew exactly what, um, what Elsefair was going to do. So they all tried to step back. The only like actual presence that was there was her new friend, you know what I mean? Right. So, and that, that came a lot of her instincts were trying, was trying to tell her like, you know, she's nice, but she's also not everything that she seems to be. Okay. Okay. Okay, my other question is about Allie. So why were the Flameless so set on her joining? Because it seems like they just really wanted her to join. Is it because of she had fire, but she was Flameless? Yeah, so they wanted someone who had a connection to Elsewhere. They knew that her sister was with Zodiac they knew that, you know, the connection was there, but they also wanted her because she had more power. Um, the Some of the flames, like you said, they don't have fire. They have nothing. They're basically like human, you know, when it comes to the, the way others see them. Um, so to have someone with fire and you're trying to like protect yourself, it's, it's a step up than just, um, you know, all of us building weapons. But if we have, like, we're trying to do catapults and we got somebody who got fire at the flick of their finger, that's beneficial for us. So there were there were stages to why they wanted um, Allie on their side because she had connections and because she had more power than they did. Okay. All right. So there's this mention of this prophecy, like a lot, mm -hmm. but we don't really get like what the prophecy says. So I guess my question is is the reason that Elsefer is so special, is it because of who her parents are? Like, was that in the prophecy? It's specifically because of who her mother is. Um, so there's like a backstory to that we were planning on publishing later. Um, but Elsefer's mother was in her own right, a very powerful um, phoenix. Um, and she had, she turned away from what they said was her planned life goal, right? To, to become 
more powerful within her um, her abilities. And she decided she was going to go off and um, start working with the shades to control, you know, so her people wanted her to stay where she was, build her power and, you know, lead the next generation. And she decided that there, that wasn't her calling, right? Um, but when she became a shade, her magic transformed. Um, and that's something that we talk about with the with the way they are changed and there's only one way in and one way out. So if they come into right. the being a shade, she knew by joining, she was gonna die a shade um, and she shouldn't have been with, uh, with Zodiac ever, okay? okay. <laughs> um, so, and Zodiac's power is, is something that we tap into a little bit when um, they have the wars and he starts to kind of show off with his skill. Like he's very strong in his own right. So having those two, that lineage and then the change that happened with her mother, um, is what created that unique uh, magic combination for Elsewhere. Okay. Because I was going to ask, I was like, she, she's that powerful, but now you say she was a shade before, I mean, a phoenix before she became a shade. Yeah. So, okay, that would probably explain a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have to ask, why... I mean, I know it's because they were probably at Kai Temple, but it has to be some other little backstory. But why didn't Kenya try to kill Elsfair sooner? Because it seems she like had she to, had a couple opportunities. If It had to be done the right way. They knew that Elsfair was going to become the elite. Um, she had to allow her the right to have that first initiated in her. And then because she was learning about Elsfair, she was part of her trainings. She okay. knew the girl's routine. So the plan was to let her get the calling and then she was going to challenge because she knows so much. Her entire point was that she wanted to be the next elite. She wasn't going to go challenge the current one, but she knew who the next one would be. So she went on out and she was like, okay, learn everything I can about her, be a part of her life, have her trust me inherently because I've always been there. And then when the call came, now I can issue the challenge and take her out because I know everything about this woman. Um, and she, like when they, when she flew out, she encouraged her to leave because she didn't want Zodiac to be able to continue to train her and prepare her. And she knew that once she um, got the calling, Kenya wasn't gonna be a part of her life like that. She wasn't gonna be as involved because now this is the new elite rising. So we can't have you all up in the, in the mix because there's things that you don't need to know. So she had to like separate her and, you know, play on her insecurities and her weaknesses and her desire to be free. Um, and by getting her alone, that's why she, she had her sister, like find her on this path, be her friend. Like Kenya, if nothing else, was very strategic in what she did. Like she, she had a plan and she was, I mean, she could have been successful at it. Like if she really thought through, how can I get to know her, isolate her and then take her power? Okay. That explains a lot because she seemed like she was pretty meticulous in every little single thing that she did. Okay. Yeah, and I, killing her before the rising would have meant someone else that they didn't know would have become the next. Of okay. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. So I know there are other Rise of the Elites books, mm -hmm. but, and I know you you mentioned before that there might be something else in the future, but do you plan on to expand your version? Like just 
like not within this group, just like your version of Rise of the Elites. Are you going to continue Elsefair's story? Because I'm going to be honest, I would like to see where her and Caden go at one point. So yeah. I was curious about that. So that's the conversation we're having now, because um, a, a couple of us do want to expand and others don't. Um, so that conversation is in, in the works. But um, I plan to do more with the shades and with the history of Zodiac and Elsefair's mother. Um, so that is something I'm currently writing, the, the, the layout for that. Um, and it will kind of go past, it will kind of jump back and forth. So you'll see Elsefair, you'll see her and you'll see Caden, but it won't be their story. Um, so like I said, we're in conversations. There was supposed to be um, another Elites book, but the author, original author, um she had to pull out because she was a nurse and it was the height of COVID and she was just like killing herself and I had to t I had to like pull her aside like yo please take care of yourself because you're out there at the you know dealing with people mm -hmm. death and then trying to come home and write this like it's too much we care more about you than that book um but now that she's like things are calm she wants to start writing again so we've been discussing like Maybe we can expand, maybe, you know, do something to help support her in the, in the release of her title as well as, you know, because readers have been reaching out for certain stories to continue. Um, so that conversation is, is definitely in the works right now. Okay. Okay. And so before I open it up to everybody else, my last question. So I would like to know, I don't know, well, I know personally I would like to know. But if you could, would you have written Rise of the Elites different so that way Elsefair could have a relationship with her mother? Um, I thought about that a lot when, especially when I was writing the scene in in the witch's den. Um, because she got that like moment with her mother and then it was quickly taken away. Um so I have like in my head, other scenarios where Elsefair grows up with her mother instead of Zodiac, and uh, and one of my one of my readers actually pointed out that a lot of my my characters have like mom issues, like issues with their mothers, like. <laughs> and I was like, maybe I was like working out some of my issues with my mother through my characters. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I have often thought about what Elsefair's life life would look like um, if she had grown up with her mother. Um, and yeah, I, I play around with the idea and maybe I'll end up writing it and release it as some like exclusive, like, you know, one-time thing. But um, I really think that the way I saw it happening was that Elster would have been more comfortable with herself, if that makes sense, if she had her mother, because there were mm -hmm. certain things that Zodiac failed, as, failed at because he was, he was so focused on you know, the, the war, he was, he was still battle-minded yeah. and he never even like told her like, yo, I'm your dad. You know what I mean? Like he didn't even have that father daughter relationship. And I think her yeah would have like, given just her mentioned that. it just, uh, just, just once. Even yeah, if like you could, you know, and then all the time she asked about her mom and he's like, look, yo, I don't know your mama. Like you could have <laughs> just, <laughs> he could have had that with her, he, but he was so focused on just like, putting her in the, the right mindset to win that he forgot, like she's a whole person who needs nurturing. And I think that with her mother, she would have got the nurturing more than the, the, the training, but then that's another side of it. Like now she's, she's so nurtured, but she don't know how to fight. She don't know how to take care of right. herself. You know what I mean? So I wanted to structure this where she had the most potential to stand against 
um, her enemies and she had a few of them and she, she like, she's sitting at home. She don't even know these people are like concocting this plan against her. Yeah. You know? um, so yeah, I wanted to see her stronger on that side and then try to build the growth of her, her self-esteem as she uh, found her way to, to the throne, if you want to call it that. Okay. Cause I was curious. I was like, she, she was treated like, yeah, that's his daughter, but she was just treated more like a soldier yeah. than anything else. And then, but when I found out, I was like, well, dang, Zodiac, like a little bit of love would have went long way. Done. And that's why I, I was happy that she had Aeoli, the, 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 uh, I want to call her a monk, but that's not really what they call themselves, but the caretakers, um, because she was that semi nurturing mother, you know, right. presence in, in, um, uh, Elsefair's life. Um, but then it also tied into Caden's backstory with them both having these like overly militarized father figures. Um, and that gave them something to connect with, right? Um, they understood the pressure of like having this father, even though Elsefair didn't know that Zodiac was her father, but he was the figure in her life. So they both came from like being trained, being, you know, taught how to be a warrior and, mm -hmm. you know, and the love just wasn't there. Caden had a little bit before his his mother passed away, but it was he was so young when it happened. Um, so it was just like the love wasn't there. And I also like that um, Elsewhere's mother was the one who got, who took the call to become a shade instead of the father because I feel like that's that's more of a fatherly thing to like be mm -hmm. like oh I'm gonna protect our you know the boundaries of our world and be a shade and you know stepping in and out from Earth um, to Penumbra. Okay. That felt more like a fatherly thing to do. So I was like, no, nah, the mama's going to do it this time, you know, and, and see how that spin. And it, I mean, like I said, it gave Elsefair the strength she needed as a fighter, but it left a hole for that nurturing, you know, um, okay. counterpart. Okay. Awesome. Well, that would conclude my 10 questions. Okay. <laughs> Does anybody else have any questions? Let's see what our ladies say. Oh, um, she says, L Spade says, which book was your bestseller? Was it this one or was it a different one? Uh, okay, so I actually treat my books like they're in a competition sometimes. Like I'll look at my ranks. It's between, uh, it's between Rise of the Elites, this book, and then Siren's Call, which released, it originally released in 2014 and it still to this day is, my best-selling title. Um, I don't know. Readers really love mermaids, magic, and you know, sex. I don't know. <laughs> like it's a, it's a, it's a whole different um, world in that book. And I think that the power structure um, there is also um, is very similar to like the woman finding herself and growing. But like I said, it, it's Siren's Call is darker. It's it's a lot more gritty with the, the content, but it's spicy and it's fast paced and it's taking you to new worlds. And um, I'm actually gonna be releasing a fourth book to that series after, what is it, six years now? <laughs> um, and people are excited about it just as when I first released it. So I feel like, yeah, that's definitely my bestseller, but um, this Rise of the Elites book uh, really came up and it's trying to take her title, I think. I, I thought it was pretty interesting to see how it went for her to follow because it's like, dang, you just left and you already in trouble and having issues. What is going on? <laughs> yeah. 
it, it it picked up real quick, especially like the scene with the wolf. Um, mm -hmm. And it's so funny because I had to research what wolves were in that area and if they really even existed because we're we're dealing with like the the earth um, dynamic. And readers would be like, wolves don't even exist in the area. So I had to literally like search, were there ever wolves here? Could I like possibly mutate one of the local wolves? And there was like mm -hmm. one type of wolf in the area that was almost extinct. I was like, okay, I can use them. <laughs> and, throw them and that's the thing that like people don't realize about fantasy writing. Like we absolutely have to um, do research to try to pull that into, into the storyline. Okay. Because I was here, because I was thinking, I was like, wait, she's on earth. Like, but is this a, was it like a normal wolf or was it like a werewolf? But then I was like, she's on earth and she's not across the gate yet so this might just be a normal wolf yeah so i was it was just, I was it was just a really that, aggressive yeah. and like semi-mutated wolf a <laughs> <laughs> uh, key would like to know or k would like to know uh, what they like we don't know what most of the characters look like outside of elsewhere and minimal caden and zodiac so I guess um, there was, there was, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so Allie, I left kind of inconspicuous because I wanted her to be more of her energy than her appearance. I try to sometimes do that so people can find themselves in uh, specific characters. Um, so I think I gave like very limited, like she's shorter than um, elsewhere. She's that spunky energy, but in my mind, she, um, she kind of looks like, um, if I can give you a character reference that really exists, um, <laughs> from, uh, I think most people probably have seen Vampire Diaries, the witch on Vampire Diaries. In my mind, she looks like her, but with like shorter hair um, and a, maybe a sh like a thinner frame. Oh, okay. All righty. Does anybody else have any questions? No questions? Just making, because I know some of them are probably typing in the chat box, so I want to... Oh, oh, no, that's fine. <laughs> L Spade says... <laughs> she says, is there, is there a specific reason 25 was chosen at the age of maturity? Um, 25 was chosen um, because, I don't know, I didn't want them to be teenagers, and I wanted them to have a little bit of life experience. Um, Elsewhere didn't get that because of Zodiac, but that was the thing. Like, we wanted people who had already gotten out from under, you know, their parents' thumb and actually been able to see some of the world and have something about themselves that they they cared about. Because I feel like that's the age when you start to actually see the world outside of like, you know, high school or your bubble, right? You start mm -hmm. to care about the, the politics and you start to really think about the structure, um, at least for most people, right? Um, and you get to actually be out and, and start forming your own opinions about how things should work. I think a lot of times we have like the teenagers coming to power and it's like, they're very, they're, they're so like head in the clouds idealistic about how things should be, right? They haven't really experienced much of the world and it, it makes it hard for them to make 
you know, real life decisions and, and really understand how that impacts things outside of themselves. Um, so we wanted to kind of present something that allowed for more maturity in their decision making um, and then understand, like, how does that how is that affected when someone is cut off from the rest of the world, even if they are 25? Do, do they still move like a teenager? Do they have more maturity? Um, and elsewhere, for my character specific, she was mature in a lot of ways, except that emotional growth uh, of being able to step out and, and have that freedom, right? She was educated, but still Zodiac kept a lot from her. So it made a, a, a method for her to have to like grow up a little bit faster and for that to make sense for her at the age that she was at. Okay. All right. Does anybody else have any questions? If anything pops up in my chat box here. <clears throat> uh, she says, often elsewhere connotation and dialect was different from her guards. They spoke more formally and she fell more into slang or new age speech. Was that on purpose? Yeah, definitely. Because elsewhere had tech, uh, internet, right? So she, even though she couldn't get out into the world, she was more tied into like the the earth language styles she you know makeup and all that she found through youtube like she had access to earth more than she did to um penumbra so i wanted to present that through some of her movements some of her dialect by showing like she wasn't she was an outsider she didn't grow up with them she didn't really understand them um and a lot of her entertainment like she watched movies and stuff like that it was earth it wasn't of penumbra while her guards were very much penumbra and even the monks were so tied into penumbra and and, and um, separated from earth for a while that they even lost that. But I feel like monks are always kind of like <laughs> reserved and have that, you know, um, controlled method of speaking. Um, but elsewhere, like her whole thing was that she just wanted to be able to explore the world, the worlds. She wanted to be able to go into, into penumbra and see that and then go around earth and see all the things she's been like watching on t television and learning about online. Um, so I think that I wanted to present that part. Of, she's not just going to go into penumbra and forget everything about earth. You know what I mean? That mm -hmm. build who she was. Okay. Well, all right then. Uh, Noli would like to know, where do you draw inspiration from when you're writing this book? Were there particular mythologies you drew inspiration from? And if so, which ones? Um, I drew inspiration for Penumbra specifically, um, when I was, I, I don't know, it was more of a, of a comics situation where I wanted to dive into like new realms. Um, so I think it was one of the Marvel movies where they like started to kind of talk more about like, uh, the different, what are they called? Like, I need my son here now for the, for the technical terms. The multiverse. Like the multiverse. The multiverse. <laughs> yes, the multiverse. Thank you. I like my son needs to be right here, but I was just like, that is such a, a cool thing because like even the time moves differently in Penumbra. Like all of that. So the 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 idea of building that world really came from watching Marvel movies with my son. But as far as like the mythology for the creatures, um, 
I chose the, like, so we all, we all particularly picked our own um, species. And I told the phoenix because that was my grandmother's favorite. Like my grandmother's, you know, animal, or she could have been a mythical being. She always said it would be a phoenix. So I chose the phoenix for her. And then I started diving into um, some of the lore of the flames. And, you know, I had to do like um, research on the the different power of the flame and like how they burn and like, you know, what the colors mean on the spectrum. Um, so the mythology of it really was something that we together built and we kind of pieced from different, like we, there's some Greek elements you'll, you'll see there. Um, there is, what does she call hers? She pulled, one of the authors pulled like Mayan elements. So we were just kind of piecemealing to like blend together because I didn't want to tie it specifically to one, you know, lineage or, or sector mythology. We wanted to bring in different cultures because it is a whole world and it should be full of different cultures and histories and beliefs um, outside of just, you know, the, the lineage of the elites. Okay. Uh, Kay would like to know, how did Elsefair, how did Elsefair know for sure that technology was the causing, that technology was causing their flame to dampen? We didn't see her do much research other than walk through the town or was it in the information she read that night? Yeah, so it was in the information she read, but there's also this instinctual feeling, right? Where she's like, people are relying too much on um, on technology, right? Like she knew the history of their people. She knew how they worked. She knew how they built their world, how they used to use their magic almost for everything, right? They were so tapped into it and being tapped into their magic connected them to the world. It connected them to the other communities in the world. By using so much technology, they became so isolated. Like even when you go to their area, like going over the mountains and getting the tech, like all of that, they became so isolated from the rest of the world. Um, and because of technology, right? Because most of the other places in in Penumbra don't have that. You know, they're still using candles and they're still using their magic to sustain and to repair the earth, right? And something that technology does it will take the resources from the earth, but it doesn't replenish it, right? But magic, it moves back into it. Like once it's energy that is recycled and because um, the Phoenix people weren't having that energy recycled in their world anymore, it started to, there was nowhere for them to pull, right? So if we're not using the magic, we're not recycling the magic, we have new people coming in and that magic isn't being cycled for them. So more and more people were being born without the magic because of the fact that the people just weren't using it. You know, like we're like, why are there lights and cameras, uh, you know, and, and all this big energy here? But then she's been traveling through Penumbra, right? And she's going through the jungle and she's living in tents and she's, you know, going to the market and seeing these people just, you know, living the way she she always imagined Penumbra would look. And then she gets to her people's place and it's just, lights, cameras, action, you know, you know, uh, electric currents and all this. And she feels the buzzing and she hears it, right? And she's like, this doesn't feel like the rest of Penumbra. And then, of course, what she's learning while she's there is that they've gotten so far away from their roots that now, um, they, and they don't even realize that's what's happening. They're just enjoying the luxury of, of you know, 
the ease of electron of the electricity and the the um, technology in the world, the people are just forgetting what it meant to be connected to to that world. Okay, so her follow up question is: so that does that mean that the elite before her didn't know, or did he just not care? The elite before her didn't care. He knew. He absolutely knew. Um, but that's why he was taken out. I mean, that's why he was, you know, called away. Because, and, and that's the thing, the goddess replaced the elites when they know that they've strayed off of the path they're supposed to be on. You're okay. no longer benefiting this world. You're actually ruining the magic of the world. And that is why he was called back, you know. Um, as long as the elites are doing what they're supposed to do, they will remain the elite. But eventually corruption happens or laziness happens or, you know, the mental strain of that power happens and they have to be replaced. For the Phoenix elite, he got lazy. You know, he was he didn't stand up for the magic and making sure that they were taking care of their world. Um, and that electron, like, we, we hear about it in, in our world, right? Like, in the real world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How electrical currents is it's just not good for us. Like, even our cell phones and all the, the radiation. And, you know, you're not supposed to sleep with your phone too close to your bed, to your head. You know, you're supposed to put it in another room. Like, all of that creates interference. And he, re he recognized that. He knew it. He just didn't care. Like, he was like, okay, I can't fight it anymore. And he gave up. So once the goddess sensed that he gave up, she was like, okay, it's time for me to go. It's time to go. Okay. Um, Elspade says, when chapter three begins, we are, to, we are to assume that Elsfair collapsed at the end of chapter two because only a fever was mentioned. It's, it was a bit unclear. Yeah. Um, so she just kind of passed out. Uh, I feel like in that scene, she, she gets kind of hazy and then she's waking up in the next one. Um, I really feel, I'm trying to remember specifically because there are a couple points where Elsfera kind of loses her head. Um, but uh, I think that's the scene you're talking about like right after the, the calling, right? So she's filling the fire and then she wakes up in bed. I, I think that's the scene. I'm trying to think specifically. I'm sorry, there's a lot of... Thank a lot of books <laughs> right now. Um, she said yes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so it was just like, there's this overwhelming sensation and she goes to it and then it says like everything goes dark, right? And then she wakes up in bed, the next scene. Um, so it's just a process. Like if your body is being taken over by this thing and she says like she's lost in the darkness, she didn't like pass out as in the way of like she fell over or anything like that, but because her she was pretty much taken from her body so that her body could be transformed, right? And that's why she felt herself in the darkness. And then when she was returned back to her body, they had already moved her from the, the ritual space back to her room. Okay. Does anybody else have any more questions? check the chat just in case oh was there a reason for Elsfair Elsfair's quick hostility and reluctance to listen or even try to understand why people were keeping things to keeping things from her to protect her um wait let me read that question again because I don't think 
I think that it's just a, a feeling of betrayal because it's not only that they were keeping things from her, it's that they were lying to her. Like when you think about how she asked her about her mother and was told that, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't know your mother. She just dropped you off and left. That's a, that's a blatant lie. It's not like, you know, um, she never asked the right questions. She was asking the right questions and they were telling her lies. So it's like, I've been, these are the people I trust. These are the people who have been in my life who have protected me, but they've been lying to me. And I feel like um, for anyone to find out that everyone in your life has been lying to you, regardless of their reasoning for, behind it, it's alarming. It's, it's you know, it may, you're gonna be angry, you know, regardless of not if understanding comes later, your initial reaction is, why have you all been lying to me? Why did you not think that I could handle this? You know what I mean? You knew that this huge thing was coming for me. Several huge things were coming for me. And you kept that from me instead of preparing me for the possibility, right? There is this, this um, like I understand later, you know, looking back, but in the moment, you're angry. You're, you're, you feel betrayed. Like, why didn't you guys, there's a thing of like, how do I trust you? And why did you not trust me to be able to handle this? You know what I mean? It's it, ultimately, right. it's her life that's hanging in the balance. And they're just like, she feels like they didn't trust her enough to understand her own life and her own potential future. Okay. I'm, I'm, I would have been in the same boat. We would have had some problems. Yeah, like I feel like if I find out that everyone in my life has been lying to me, I'm gonna be upset. I'm not gonna be like, oh, you did it for my own good, great. No. And I think like from a reader, from an outside uh, perspective, like we understand why, you know? But if you put yourself in her shoes in that moment of looking, especially when she finds out everything that Zodiac's been hiding from her, and this is the person she's closest to because of her circumstances. Um, and then to find out later that he's her father, like on top of everything else, you maybe believe I didn't have parents and you're my dad, like in my life, like it's like, that's, that's a, a, a yeah. betrayal that I don't think people understand. Like she had to process. Okay. Uh, Kay says to piggyback off of Elle's question, Elsefer's initial rant, ooh, <clears throat> excuse me. Elsefer's initial rant seemed childish and she just didn't listen. Was that due to her lack of world experience and the fact that she hadn't dealt with anything like that before? Yeah, um, I think that her initial reaction was also goaded on by that conversation in the sky with Kenya, right? Because I feel like mm -hmm. she would have just flown around, blown off some steam, came back and had a conversation with Zodiac, right? Her initial reaction was just like anger, you know? And it's because not only is it she doesn't have this experience, but she just went through this massive tr transformation. She has all this new power surging within her and her emotions are going to be elevated because of that, right? It's going to feel so much more intense because she didn't she didn't know this was coming and now she's filled with all this energy and power. And now she's finding out that people betrayed her. So there's like multiple things happening, right? And then she's like flying around, she's gonna blow off some steam. And then here's, you know, yeah, you should just go, girl. You should just get on out. You should just disappear. You know, <laughs> they mm -hmm. don't, you know, they don't, girl, I, I wouldn't even go back. And then she she hinted at the fact that Zodiac was keeping more from her. So it's like, not only did I find out this thing you kept from me, but now she's telling me there's more to the story. And she's like, okay, well, I don't want to do any of this. I'm just going to go live my life. So that's why she left. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Um, Elle says, Zodiac gave up the life he had to protect her. Is her short-sightedness and ungratefulness of that written purposefully? Even with her being upset, she never saw past herself to that until almost the end of the book to realize she wasn't the only prisoner, quote-unquote, at Kai Temple. He was sort of as well. I think the difference is that Zodiac made a choice and Elsefair was never given a choice. Elsefair was never given the, the options or the information to have a choice. And she, like I said, she comes to that sense of clarity. She comes to that understanding later, but she has to process it. Um, and also we're, we, we have to remind ourselves that Zodiac didn't teach her. She, he didn't nurture her in a way to have that emotional growth to have that emotional understanding and, and to be able to pull herself outside of herself to see his position, right? And she also didn't know his full position in that moment, right? She just knew that he knew this was coming for me. I don't know whatever else he gave up. I don't know everything because he's been keeping so much from her, right? So mm -hmm. she's like, I don't care about what he gave up. He made the choice to give up what he gave up. I didn't get the choice. Um, and I don't think, I don't know that I would even say that that was childish. I think that, um, or, or so, I feel like she had to process the one person in her life that she feels connected to. She doesn't really know him. So how do I know that you really gave up the things to be here? How do I know no one planted you here? She didn't know. And like I said, I feel like if she wouldn't have had that conversation, well, I know, but if she wouldn't have had that conversation um, with Kenya, she would have went back and they could have had a conversation and things would have went a lot differently, right? But again, mm -hmm. that's the strategy of Kenya. Like the question, why was Kenya even flying around out there? She knew what was going to happen. She knew, she understood Elsefair more than anyone else on that emotional level. So she knew Elsefair because Elsefair used to just run out and go through that maze to burn off her steam, but now she has wings. So she's going to do a little mm -hmm. bit more and I'm going to wait for her up in the sky. And when she gets up here, I'm going to sprinkle a little bit more doubt. So she gonna, she's going to question everything and she's going to leave. Because elsewhere had tried to run away several times before, um, but was never successful. But this time, Kenya wanted to make sure she was successful with that. Okay. Well, that, that makes sense. Because Kenya was, she, like I said, she was a little sneaky one. Yeah, she, she knew exactly what she was doing. Uh, oh, Elle says, Caden's story about how he was disowned from being flameless contradicts itself when told twice. Maybe some more details were missing. First, it was his mother and father disowned him. Then it was his mother passed and his father was abusive, which was acknowledged in the one time his father spoke about it to Elsefair. Can you please clarify that? Um, I feel like Caden uh, was just under, he was, how can I say that? Um, it was because his mother passed away. Um, but I feel like he always felt, uh, disconnected from his family, right? He's the flameless one born to these two powerful people and they, everyone assumed that he would have flames, right? So that creates a rift. Um, so it was because in some part his mother did disown him. But he got pushed out because of his father. His, he, the only reason Caden was still with his family was because of his mother. But once his mother passed away, his father was over it. He was done. And he, he was like, okay, I'm done. You're, you're gone. Um, so his mother still loved him as a son, but she still had issues with him not being with Flame. 
his father was like, I don't care. The only reason you were still here was because of your mother and you're sullying my name, right? Like we're supposed to have this amazing lineage and then it gets to you and you don't even have fire. You know, you're, you're flameless, whatever. Okay. Um, so that was the issue with Caden. Like there was a rift between him and his parents because he did not have wings. He didn't have the full power. Um, but then it got worse when his mother uh, passed away. Okay. Uh, does anybody else have any more questions? She says, gotcha. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> um, give a couple minutes. Maybe somebody's typing. See if anybody else has any other questions. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. A little bit of water. Okay. So it doesn't look like... Oh, that's all they had. Thank okay. you. <laughs> um, So that would probably conclude our interview then. Awesome. Since nobody ha else has any more questions. So thank you. Like I said, thank you so much for letting us Read your book for the month of March. I found it interesting. I liked it. Thank you. And I appreciate you for letting us interview you today. Of course, this was fun. <laughs> so that would conclude. Everybody have an awesome Sunday. And we will see you next time. You guys right. have a good day. Bye. Bye.